Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. Matt, how are we doing? I'm playing hurt tonight, if we're being completely honest. I was leaning back on my my desk chair while while working and just completely fell on my ass, hit my head. So I may or may not have a concussion. I need to go into concussion protocol, but I'm feeling okay. Go into the blue tent. Yeah, going into the blue tent. I, I feel okay. I Looking back at the Thursday night game, we haven't really had a chance to talk about it yet. One of those games that fell out of reach right away after White goes down, Cole's called 14-7. They average like nine yards per carry. Just a ridiculous game. And I'm happy knowing that the offense looked good, even with a backup backup. The defense is just absolutely atrocious right now. They're playing out of their skulls to start the year. And now not only have they regressed to where they are at, they completely collapsed. Yeah. No, well, first, quick thank you to Michael Nania for filling in for me. <laughs> yeah. And my I was in Miami on a bender. Uh, for the last week so I appreciate that and I did get to watch the Jets lose to the Colts in Miami Um, and yeah like you said one of the most frustrating things for me was you know there's there's a lot of times you have a defensive performance like we saw with the Jets and you let up you know what 500 yards and things obviously go poorly but there's guys out yada 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 this was the real Jets defense everybody was playing Mosley Jarrah Davis uh, the whole defensive line, Marcus May, everybody was in. And it was an embarrassment. The Jets, you know, the Colts scored a touchdown on all four of their drives in the first half. It's, and the and, one they and, didn't, they were on the one-yard line and went for it on fourth and one. Right, in the in the second, in the early third quarter. Um, and it's like you let up, what, 100 points to the Colts and Patriots who have mediocre offenses? Can't, Can't have it. Cannot have, especially when the offense is playing well and like keeping you in the game. Yeah, and it's funny too. At first, you're thinking, well, a lot of yards were in garbage time, and then you look at it a little closer, and you said, Colts were still playing defense. the The Jets moved the ball well. The offensive line, I think, is very sturdy right now. If and I think that might be an over expectation of how we've seen our, our offensive line play in the past, but. McGovern looks good. AVT in the run blocking game has been great, albeit a little, little up and down in the pass blocking game. GVR's had a few good weeks. Moses and Fan have been serviceable on the outside. I've been very pleasantly surprised. I feel like there's a clean pocket. Maybe we're not getting a lot of punch on the run game, but the young guys, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, they look really fucking good, Mike. And I, I think that's exactly what you need. If you would have told me, what are the Jets, two and six? Yeah. If you had told me that we'd be two and six, Zach Wilson would go down, we'd have Mike White and Josh Johnson playing, I would not expect the take to be, well, White played great, Johnson played great, Carter and Moore continue to excel. All those four things, AVT has been great. Very, very positive for the New York Jets. Yeah, I mean, you have some things in offense that I'm excited to see at some point, Zach Wilson back with the booth, Mike LaFleur, and you get Becton back, you get Corey Davis back soon, so... That'll be fun. I mean, it, the whole Mike White thing is just unbelievable. Who 
who would have ever thought? Not and the Jets didn't think so either. They traded for Joe Flacco right before. They and released Mike White ten times. Mike White has been released by the New York Jets ten times. <laughs> it, 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 no, it, it's been no, ten no, times. No, it's actually, 10. so it's unique because I really like what Mike White did. It is not easy to do that. And not only did he go out in a game where it meant nothing, right? He could have went out there, and went twenty-two of forty, and people would have been like, "Ah, oh, good game." He went out, balled out against the number one team in the AFC. And then followed it back up by a, two very good drives in prime time. Even the first drive, getting two first downs and flipping the field, good drive. One ball could have been a pick. I think that's might have been where you were going. Yes. But well, no, I mean even even so, it's like the so, guy is thrown for seven hundred yards in eight quarters, just about, which is on pace like a it's a three hundred fifty yards per game pace. So he would be on pace on a seventeen game season to throw for like fifty eight hundred yards. I don't know, dude. The, it's going to get weird now because let's say Mike White... Well, we have to go through some of the scenarios. You know what? It's it's like in, at work when they have the let's get real conversations where everyone <laughs> has to... This is how I feel right now. We There's a lot of scenarios. Take me through them. Well, all right. So one scenario is Mike White plays out of his mind again and the Jets beat the Bills. I think the consensus is what? Like Mike White keeps starting, which is, in, which is weird. But it's not only that they're doing it for the betterment of the franchise. You're doing it because it's the only thing to do where your, te- your teammates, the 53-man roster is going to look at you and say, are you really not going to start this guy? He's playing out of his fucking mind. Now, so in that scenario, I think even Zach Wilson said, hey, ride the hot hand. I'll continue to practice and get better and be the future. That, if you blow out the Bills or you beat the Bills and he plays well, like if they beat the Bills 9-7, Mike White has four picks, and like at that point, we're different. But in a normal win, absolutely, you keep riding White. Yeah, because I guess well, right now what's happening is was the best thing for the Jets or the easiest thing for the Jets was Zach Wilson's not one hundred percent, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Mike White is going to start, and that's easy uh, because I mean, like if you think about who for the franchise has the better chance of being the better quarterback. It's got to be Zach Wilson. So yeah. it just has to be like right now, if you had picked, you know, pick a, if you told me gun to my head, who would be the better guy? And the Jets know that. Um, so you need to get Zach on the field as quickly as possible. But that brings us to the next scenario is let's say either the Jets win or it's a close game. And Mike White is like 24 for 32 with 286 yards, three touchdowns or two touchdowns and a pick. Like he plays well. He doesn't have the greatest game of all time. The Jets lose a close game. Do you go back to Zach like next week? I don't know, man. It, it, they're going to have to go with who gives them the best shot to win and have the, but I don't know room. about that. I but don't, then I don't know if that's true. You have to have the locker and buy into it because they, the players yeah. don't care about the future of the team. They want to win every game every day. So I think you have to go with who you think. I know it's not like Zach's a scrub, you know, it's like he's had some good games too. And he has won with this group, which is the interesting thing. It's that's that's the diciest scenario for me where I don't know what the Jets are going to do, because obviously, like you said, if, if Mike White plays poorly, Zach Wilson plays the next week. If Mike White plays out of his mind again, most likely Mike White plays the next week. And, and it's probably not the best thing for the franchise, but for right now, it's fine and it's exciting. And who knows? But if Mike White plays good football and the Jets lose a close game, I do not know what's going to happen. 
And knowing our luck, that that's exactly what is going to happen. And it, there is a QB controversy right now. Yeah, like there, there wasn't, there wasn't, <laughs> but now there is after Salah's comments today. I think it's partially – it, it's a lot of it to do with the way the national media and fans reacted to Mike White. I think, you know, people like really the hype train. I, I mean, Ian really Rappaport cool. tweeted legendary backup Mike White is going to start on Sunday. He also, like, he also tweeted Mike fucking White. Or was that you making a fake tweet? I made a fake tweet, but I think he tweeted Mike effing white, E-F-F-I-N. Yeah, yeah. You put Mike, like, fucking white, but put asterisk, but also wrote fucking. <laughs> like, you wrote it out. <laughs> so stupid. I do some really dumb shit sometimes. It's uh, been, look, we've dude, had a really... Tommy Bohan and shit on Reddit, too. It's just so Yeah, funny. so if you if you listen to the pod and you don't really follow on Twitter, which is probably the other way around, probably follow on Twitter, but don't listen to the pod. I go to other teams' Reddits whenever I feel needed, and I'll tw- I'll post something ridiculous, pretending to be a fan of their team. So Carolina, I tweeted once I posted on their Reddit once Darnold was ruled out. Do you want to trade for Mike White, of second round pick and fourth round pick, the same trade that Darnold went for? And it was hilarious because I'm telling you right now, non sarcastically, a ton of people were like, "Why fucking not? Who cares?" <laughs> so the, it, it Carolina's down bad right now. Dude, I feel so bad for Sam. Yeah, you want to see him play. You want to see. You want to know what he is. There was a glaring stat on Sam that I didn't want to send to you. It was um, games uh, like a stretch of 150 passes has happened 370 times in the past 10 years or whatever. Darnold's ranked like 368 in touchdown percentage completion like all the it, it was a bad look for Darnold. he's been really bad recently but yeah i watched i've been watching a lot of the panthers game especially when the i mean obviously when, when they're not playing the same time as the jets i'm telling you man just I, I don't know just not working and of course like why did why did robbie anderson and dj Moore have to be number one and two in the league in drops why does that have to happen yeah, but the good thing is our receivers are not dropping the ball because they are the most catches in the past two weeks, yeah, which is pretty cool fun. Stat. And, of course, they go out and they do it with a backup and a backup's backup. But Indy's done. It was a fun ending to the game as, as the Jets were driving. The more two touchdowns was cool. The defense is sickening. I, I feel bad for May. I don't care about the the tweets from him or the agent. He's a good player. He's a good Jet. I was upset that he tore his Achilles in a contract year. And everyone's like, well, maybe we get him a discount. If your first thought is the discount thing, when a guy on your team fought for four years, I don't know. It's probably not the right first thought. But I I wish May was healthy. It's annoying that we have to watch Ashton Davis, who's a very, very bad football player, be a starting safety. Ashton Davis should be a gunner on special teams. Imagine him and Hardy like running 4-2-4-3 down the sideline. They're track stars. I don't know why we have to ca- keep watching him play safety. I don't care if PFF has him as the number one graded player. He's terrible. He only tackles people out of bounds. He makes one or two pretty nice tackles in the run game each game, and he, is, he does nothing in pass coverage. So Ashton Davis can promptly fuck, fuck off. And I, who is the, is the safety that we claimed today from Philly? Uh, I don't, I don't fucking know. know. Elijah. We got another Elijah on our team. But why yeah, is why, the pass defense was terrible? There's also a few... <laughs> Catches that didn't go the Colts way that I think could have. So could he? Bryce Halls and he needs to wake up. The pass rush is non-existent. I, 
Haven't heard much from Michael Carter, the corner. Um, but yeah, Bryce Hall, the Jets haven't been getting beat a lot over the top. There were a couple of plays like in the Bengals game, someone beat Brandon Eccles over the top. Um, late in the Patriots game also. But oh, and the, the one in the Bengals game wasn't even a catch. It was like T. Higgins. They showed the replay, the ball hit the floor. I don't know. I, I want Bryce Hall to play press, man. I know it's not really solid style, but enough of these slants underneath. It's like all these quarterbacks, they just let them pick us apart. It's nauseating to watch. And it started with the Falcons game. Um, and then you saw Mac Jones do the same thing. And then you saw Joe Burrow do the same thing. And then now this last week was just an embarrassment. Um, and it's just too many yards. And the Jets, you know, uh, I don't know if they're expecting the pass rush to get there more and, and quicker, but you know, something has to change. I don't just have to make some kind of adjustment. Maybe what, what is Bryce Huff supposed to be back? I don't even. Don't even know. It, it's a disaster. You called it out. No pass rush, no run stopping at all. I, we always talked about it for a decade from 2009, 2020. The Jets were a great run defending team, like yards per carry total yards per game. They probably in that decade have been top three, if not top five cumulative throughout. This run defense is disturbing. Oh my god! And if you can't at least like, if you have a, a bad run defense, okay, maybe make up for it with being good against the pass. But obviously, play action then opens up Carson Wentz to throw the ball downfield. Gerard Davis, C.J. Mosley, whoever else you want to throw in there. Horrible game from them. They need to bounce back against Buffalo because if if Buffalo runs for eight yards to carry on you, you're fucking dead. Like this this defense has no no bite to it. And, They've been a major disappointment over well, the, the past hate, four games. The Bills hate running the ball with their running backs. Um, so we'll see how that goes. It actually seems to be a decent matchup for the Jets in that standpoint. But they do all that, you know, they'll put Josh out on the shotgun and they'll use five to ten yard passes as like the run game. And that's where the Jets have been getting destroyed recently. Um I'm nervous. I don't know. I don't know how the fuck the Jaguars held them to six points. You know, a lot, I think a lot of that has to do with their Josh Allen wreaking havoc with the he had a sack, he had an interception, a fumble recovery. So that's what the Jets are at a disadvantage. Like, I get the Jets' pass rush not being unbelievable right now because even though you have the good defensive line, but without Lawson, of course, and without Bryce Huff, like, those are your two best pass rushers. But why are we getting gashed on the ground? Like Mosley, Gerard Davis, the four defensive linemen, May was playing. I don't know, so Salah's MO. Maybe Salah needs to take over the play calling, pull a little Dowell Loggins from last year. Be different. It'd be different. I'm looking forward to it. Do you want to jump into a few hypotheticals to break up the pacing here a little bit? Yeah, let's see what we got. So Zach Carr, Zach Carr, front of the program. Zar. What do you think is the most heated disagreement? Amongst Jet fans and team history, that's an interesting question. We'll do more recent because that's well, really well, last year things got ugly. Well, it got stuff. ugly. The dar- the first thought is the dar- keep Darnold trade back. That was the biggest disagreement, but it got ugly towards I want to say the middle end because the writing was almost on the wall. All the reports were, were that they liked Will Snet too and new new head coach. Right, it, it was going to change, but. It got very ugly there. Underrated, too, was taking a wide receiver or a tackle in the 2020 draft. That was a big debate that a lot of people went to. Jerry, Judy, Lamb. Do you go Becton, Wirfs? 
Um, there's a guy named Henry Ruggs that was available at receiver at 11 that the Jets didn't take and went to pick after. Who um, I don't know what Henry Ruggs is up to nowadays. <laughs> That's yeah. tough. Oof. The whole Raiders organization is, and they're still five and four somehow. I, I can't believe they've been through all that. And a one month losing a head coach, corner, wide receiver, both of them for a Trump picks last year. Yeah. It's like if we lost Zach Wilson and AVT next year, like not on our roster. <laughs> yeah. And in prison. And Robert Sala was was canceled. So I, I would I'm trying to think like back in the day, like what could the argument be? Like maybe I, I, I we obviously only know the past decade and a half, but maybe how long do you keep Namath for? Right? Is it he's yeah, the needs are gone, not good anymore, but he's a legend. Do you keep him? Do you not? I think question. a lot of times the Jets fan base gets united about things that they don't want the team to do rather than fighting with each other. Um, yeah, man, the Donald stuff was the worst thing I remember. Was the, definitely the most divided, the fan base. It was, it was bad news. Maybe the end of Sanchez, too. Yeah. You know, like, I would have supported Sanchez to be the starter in 2014. Uh, in 2013, excuse me. But... That's a good one. Yep. Now moving off to Andy Sukoff, friend of the program. If you were granted unlimited access to one Jets drive for one day and could participate in any drill you wanted, use any equipment, speak with any player <laughs> or coach, what would you spend your time doing? Wow. That's a very interesting question. I don't know. What, what... So I would go in early, hit the weight room, act like I've been there forever, not at the guys like, what's up, man? <laughs> I would compete in every drill if you allow me to. And then I would I would be I would want to be mic'd up so I could do the classic, hey, I'm mic'd up, I'm mic'd up, talk to each player, probably ask if they've seen any of my tweets, and then I would be like a nuisance in the press room, the beat writers. Like Connor Hughes, <laughs> hey, you're a giant fan. DJ enemy hey Carson Wentz or Dak, right? I mean, I'd be going at all of them. I'll be you murder DJ on Twitter. Yeah, DJ, I mean, DJ's DJ's on the show. He's a good dude. I think he's one of my favorite beat writers there. And I was complaining about a call, which I really hate complaining about referees. I I do not want to do it. And I've been very good my entire life not complaining about them. I watch my brother, who's a Mammoth fan, every every night. It's like the refs blew the game. I didn't want to do that. I have been very vocal about how horrific the the refs have been towards the Jets. And it it wasn't like a poor me tweet it was a joke tweet where i was like if the jets were on the side where michael pittman caught the ball not only would they take away the touchdown they would throw a 15 yard flag on the play like an obvious <laughs> joke and dj was like this is a crybaby take and i had had a receipts of him tweeting carson wentz is better than dak and then four years later tweeting remember when people actually thought dak was better than carson wentz so yeah. Had to bring it back up, but that's what I would do at one judge drive. Mike, what would you do? Well, I remember you texted me that tweet earlier, the receipts of, of DJ, like, I don't know, months ago. <laughs> I had them ready to go. And you were like, should I tweet this? Or you were like, I'm not going to use this now. And then it just so happened the Jets were playing Carson Wentz when DJ decided to come at the master of receipts, but DJ still a friend of the program. I think he retweeted me. He thinks it's funny. So he's pretty good like that. If I were in the Jets building, I would I would love to be the quarterback uh, in practice. I would run that shit, you know, throw some drills, maybe. And who knows? Maybe if I had a good practice, the Jets would think about 
signing me. Maybe my combine tape. All right, Steven Zantz. I think he's with Joe Cap in that group. Steven's a good follow on Twitter. What would you rather sign Devontae Adams for two years in the offseason or go back to the Kelly Green uniforms forever and no more green pants? Wow. That's super interesting. Well, <sighs> so Kelly Green, I, Kelly Green isn't the 98 to 2021. So I know. So that's why I wouldn't pick that, but I would assume that I could just use the 98 to 2020 uniforms. To change the uniform combo or get Devontae Adams. I swear to God, I might go back to the 98 to 2018 because maybe the Jets still sign another good receiver. You know how I know that that's your answer? You texted me the other day. I missed the old uniforms. You didn't text me the other day. I want Devontae Adams. So <laughs> I think you're taking the uniforms. I go uniforms. Fuck it. What it Dev- If you're telling me Devontae Adams for two years, he's going to complain after a year and a half and leave anyway. We'll probably trade him at the deadline after a year. I know, but <sighs> Devontae Adams. Well, the thing is, if you you're not guaranteed not to get another receiver. So we can get like, I don't know, whoever else in the uniforms. Oh, dude, I missed the uniforms. It's so sad. I think of like those rugged Jets, like defensive teams. Not even like 2009, 2010, just that whole era was some of the best Jets football, probably the best Jets football other than the late 60s. But that's a good question. Good question. And then we have one from <laughs> Gino to a Wusu touchdown. Oh, AJ is so ridiculous. AJ gets after it. Who would win the fight to the death? A team of 100, Carl Lawson's and Mekhi Becton's. Or 300, Robert Salaz, Mike White, Michael Carters. So I guess it was 50 and 50, and then 100 each. Yeah. Well, which Michael Carter? Fuck. Both, I'm, I'm going the running back. Both teams have time to prepare, is a big caveat. Mm-hmm. Well, Robert Salaz could you know, use that time to prepare and galvanize his men. But how? And Salaz is pretty jacked. I don't think it's close. I think I think you would go with the three, three hundred versus one hundred because. Oh, you would. I think you have to because Becton, Lawson are obviously maniacs, right? So Maybe take time to prepare. Like, what if they built like a phalanx? Is that like a formation? But, so there's two hundred more on the one side, and I know he's not huge, but Mike fucking White, right? How how do you stop Mike F and White? Mike White is a huge dick, but how is he gonna like? I would go. I think I would take the hundred. You would take fifty Lawsons and fifty Beckton's over the hundred. Not three on one. You know what I mean? Because they could prepare. If they didn't have time to prepare, if you just just like scattered them in a schoolyard, it would be difficult. Because they, you know, the the Salas and the three hundred just team up on the others. But in this case, Beckton's are like, hey, we're gonna form like a square. Like how? And then they could, you know, they could have like the Lawsons hiding inside. The Lawsons can like jump over the Beckton's and like attack and then retreat back into the. Yeah. There's a simulation, one of those like fighting games. You can make it happen. (laughs) Um, Mike, Lord and Savior White tweeted, and this is, I'll, I'll summarize. Basically, why is everyone obsessed with making Zach Wilson go out there and play? The reason why I think is he's the number one asset for a billion dollar franchise. And when I tweeted this, uh, I think it was Sammy. He tweeted back at me and said, the number one asset for the billion dollar franchise is Mike White, which I thought was pretty funny. But I think the reason why people want to see Zach Wilson play is you want to evaluate who you took with the second overall pick. 
agree with that in a perfect world with no external factors, you do that. But if you think the locker room is tied to Mike white and they're winning with Mike white and he gives them the best shot to win, he will continue to play week in and week out. If he doesn't, that's fine, but be prepared. And maybe you don't care about this, but it does matter. If the jets beat Buffalo or lose a close game, Mike white plays well. If you try out Zach Wilson home next game, Two, three, and outs, the entire crowd is going to be chanting Mike White, for better or for worse. Yeah, which is annoying because it should just be the most, uh, you know, we lean rational. So it's a little frustrating when stuff like that happens, but people will voice their opinions. But yeah, also the thing with Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson is the Jets' best chance to win a Super Bowl in the next five, ten years. He is. That's if you're going to, if the Jets win a Super Bowl, it's probably going to be because of Zach Wilson, you know, Mike white, (laughs) like, or it's Mike white, which is insane to think, but you know, if, if you said, Hey, the jets win the 2024 Super Bowl, what happens? Most likely Zach Wilson has a sick year and that's what happens. You know? So I hear you. I hear you. Three rapid fire ones to end it. Big Ed. I know your answer to this one. The 08 jets have Kellen Clemens play every single game. Do they make the playoffs? No, that's a dumb question. Sorry, Ed. Yeah, I, I mean, no. Brett Favre is pretty fucking good. Brett Favre is right. better than Kelly Clemens. Why would <laughs> our boy Juan comes in? Who Juan! would you who would you trust if your life depended on it to win one game? Miguel fucking Blanco, which translates in Spanish to Mike White, or Zach Wilson? Wow, that's so interesting. If I had really right now, like my life, I would die if the Jets lost the game. Oh, with the current Jets? Yeah. I don't know. How to, that's terrifying. I, I think I know the answer. I kind of want to say Mike White. I think I, know, I, think I know the answer. <laughs> Just because he won't do like crazy shit. If you're asking me who can win right now because he's a veteran, I would lean Mike White. If you're asking who has a higher blowout potential or cover the spread as a favorite, I think you could go Zach Wilson because the upside is higher, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's definitely more upside. He could do more things. Well, that's another reason why, to answer the question before, you just need to get Zach Wilson on the field because he could do all that crazy shit. Like Mike White doesn't throw 60-yard passes on the run, or so we don't know yet. Maybe he can do that, but that's Zach Wilson's thing. Um, yeah, I would – I don't know. <laughs> that's really tough. I guess I'll go with Mike White. All right, and the final question of the night, Judah Abadi, does Belichick teach his players like Mac Jones? to grab ankles this is so i think no to be honest i don't think a coach like belichick is going to tell him to hurt another player but i think it's a scumbag move it was clear as day i was fighting with mike reese the espn beat writer for the patriots it's very clear right there's no defending it i don't think he had the football i don't think mac jones thought brian burns had the football i think he got hit hard he was pissed. He wanted to stop him from maybe getting to a football or being in the play. So he grabs his ankle, does a little twist, and then that's fine, right? You can hold on to someone's ankle. It's technically a holding penalty, um, right? But he then brought his right leg under and swept him. So it was a dirty play, clear and clear. Everyone who saw it knew it was dirty. I'm not asking for Mac Jones to be suspended, right? It happens. People make dumb plays. If Zach Wilson does that, the entire national media covers it and talks about his mom and all this stuff. 
But because Mac Jones and the Patriots, it gets kind of swept under the rug. And what bothered me is that Mike Reese was defending and said, oh, he thought he had the ball. Not one question was asked to Mike or to Mac Jones after the game. How is that possible? Because they went mm-hmm. viral. B- Bill Belichick got asked a question on it. Mac Jones didn't get one. The next day he got questioned. And after that, you give him 24 hours to prepare. And the, the Patriots PR team, like it had to have been a coordinated, don't ask this question. We're gathering more information because how on earth do you not ask a quarterback that not one fine bitch boy move. I just wish Mike Reese had the balls to call it for what it is. And I think he's been pretty critical of the team for the flaky and other things, but Jesus Christ, he's been supposedly the past few years. I was getting DMS been so pro Patriot and they've done nothing wrong and all this stuff. So he gets better access. You just call it a dirty play and move on. I, I can't believe they're defending it. Well, it's another example of how much easier it is to play outside of New York. You know, you're right. The media coverage of this incident is like ridiculous. The gaslighting and the nonsense. Like we saw it happen. You can't just say that something else happened and not question the guy about it. I'm, I'm, and then the other crazy play in the NFL was the uh, Tony Corrente on Monday night, like hip checking the guy on the Bears. But at least they asked him a question about it. But he, and that's another scenario and he he was the one who called that stupid roughing the passer on quincy will uh quincy williams so weird stuff in the nfl yeah i think the taunting really stemmed from no fans in the arena in 2020 because supposedly there's a report that the coaches started hearing everything the players were saying and it was quiet and you're like oh it's kind of fucked up is that how this game is nowadays right (laughs) so they they wanted to bring out the taunting i'm (laughs) I got to make sure I say this right. I'm fine if you want to get rid of taunting, but they need to better define it so it's not subjective and you can still celebrate. So if you murder someone and you go crazy next to another team's bench, you're allowed to do that. If you like start pelvic thrusting a, a guy who was on the ground that you just laid out, maybe that's a taunting penalty. There's always been taunting in the NFL, but now it's being called way too much. And the roughing the passer, I get protecting quarterbacks, but because it is subjective, it is not consistent at all across the league. Justin Fields had a clear rough in the past the other night. They don't call it. You touch a quarterback when your team's on defense and they call it. NFL officiating, I can honestly say, is one of the not one of the, if not the worst problem in the NFL right now. The worst. Yes. yes. And it's uh, it's in like there are certain types of plays that the NFL wants to call. It seems like just to increase offense, et cetera. Like I always hate defensive penalties that extend drives pass interferences and holdings. I think are called way too much and make it too easy for offense. But like every week there's one roughing the passer call. It's like, this is the worst roughing the passer call of all time. No, it was this one. No, it was this one. My, my final question before we wrap up to you. And I know, I think I know the number one. Rank these three in order of what you would like, what bothers you the most being one. The current state, not the past, because I think it also could have been a little bit worse a few years ago. I think they got a little better on it. So rank these roughing the passer, taunting, defensive holding and pass interference. What bothers you the most out of those three today being called? Defensive holding and pass interference is not even close because yeah. you don't give defense is a chance like any game the officials have way too much control 
Because you could just there could be like let's say the Packers are playing and it's third and ten, and the team gets off the field, and that's it's an incredible job by the defense. You got Aaron Rodgers off the field. Oh, ticky tag hold. Now the Packers get the ball back and they score a touchdown, and it changes everything. And it happens way too much, and it happens under people's noses, and it just it's too much for the offense. You don't give these guys a chance at all to play defense, and it happens at the end of the game so much. I think more than in any other part of the game where you'll see the last drive, third and 12, the defense gets off the field. Oh, no, holding away from the play on another defender. It's garbage. And then I would get rid of uh, probably taunting. The taunting rule is just so stupid. And then roughing the passer. But they're all nauseating. The fact that you can make a list of three things that are super nauseating that are called multiple, multiple times throughout the game is a problem you're right it is a huge problem in the nfl i like the answer let's wrap there we'll be back enjoy the game sunday have a good time i apologize in advance if you don't have a ticket to the game you have to hear jay feely pronounce or announce that game which is garbage mike any parting words and jets look if the jets win on sunday they're three and six and then they go through a very easy stretch a football where you never know. You got the Dolphins, Texans, Eagles, Saints, Dolphins, Jaguars. If you are three and six after this week, somehow things get interesting. And maybe we'll have our in the hunt graphic that we so desperately yearn for. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening, Mike. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Peace.